I'm reaching out to you, Vince, from across the ocean. There we were. We were together. We were in the same physical location, and now we are an ocean apart, separated. Here we are, back at Dies to Removal. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we haven't had an episode up in several weeks because GPLA actually brought Vince and I together, as you saw in our opening skit. It was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Yeah, I loved it. Um, LA was probably my favorite GP I've been to. Um, I mean, I had to hang out with you. That was one of the downsides. Um, but the upside <laughs> was just meeting so many people in the community, hanging out. I got to do coverage. Don't know if you spotted that. I've got a little YouTube channel as well. I might mention that before Brian mocks me for it. But um, Boy, yeah, oh boy. So, so the, 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 that's four, four, four seconds in. Four seconds I, I, I in, in for there, the Brian. YouTube that's channel the plug. I do this is to plug the YouTube channel. But yeah, look, I, I, I think it's... Sh I honestly think it's shameless. I, have, I honestly think plugs like that just make me scratch at this high quality t-shirt yes. with this yes. non non copyright uh uh not legally distinct tarmogoyf <laughs> legally distinct from a tarmogoyf uh getting but, um, killed LA, by LA a legally was, distinct uh, yeah wicked i think it was uh, probably the best yeah. I've, I've been to in terms of just uh exciting stuff that i got to do and, and people i got to meet and things so yeah it's wicked did you enjoy gpla in the end so i i did enjoy i did enjoy gpla uh there was a lot of games of magic i had a lot of fun we had the popper ptq uh which was uh just a dream come true and also just you know when you're at a magic fest you're playing a lot of magic which is what gave me the idea for this episode that we're going to do today which is to talk about the seven uh, not the only seven, but seven of the most highly annoying habits of Magic the Gathering players. And I think this is, uh, I'm already smiling, but I want to say before we get started on this, that the purpose of this episode is not to uh, make fun of anybody, is not to go at anybody or have a go at anybody, but rather to discuss ways in which we as magic players can maybe look at ourselves less than looking at others with scorn, but maybe look at ourselves and recognize some of these bad habits. I'm guilty of several of them. I'm guilty of several of them. And I'm going to admit which ones I'm guilty of and, and try and be better. But uh, our rules going into this episode are that we're not going to just be sharing like situational anecdotes like oh number six one time i was playing this guy and he did this and he did this and he did this and it pissed me off we're not doing anything like that we're, we're having uh ideas of of bad habits that are more encompassing of oh, a lot more people in the my, community my list is just like bullet points of things you did to me at gpla have i, have I misunderstood the episode you have misunderstood the episode oh, that's okay. for that's for next week seven highly annoying habits of the professor <laughs> That'd, that'd be our, no, let's, let's, let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> Number six, he never buttons the top button on his dress shirt. He always mentions how me having a YouTube channel is weird for some reason. Always, without fail, without fail. Wait, wait, you you have a YouTube channel? Really? Oh, there we go again. Wow. Go again. So I think the um, point um, you were absolutely. making before I rudely interrupted you and spoke over you, which is one of your worst habits, by the way, uh, is, is that actually. we're not going to be picking fun at anyone in particular. Uh, we're not going right. to anecdotes of um, particular times that specific things happen to us. We're more wanting to highlight um, general, gen, general, general, generalities. Is that a word? Gen, gen, generalisms? Is that a word? General things that magic players do that we can all kind of like laugh at a little bit and say that is a thing that we all do or a lot of us do and things that we can improve on individually and as a community as well. Magic the Gathering is a game where if you're doing it right, you look at your plays, you look at your actions, and you try and improve, right? You want to be a better Magic player? You have to be capable of looking at what moves you made during a game and recognizing where you can do better. And in that same sense, the purpose of this episode is not to mock or ridicule any person or group of persons, but to apply that concept to ourselves in terms of our behaviors. And so that's what we're talking about. And I, I think that's a really good precursor going into number seven, which is bad hygiene. Uh, 
this is talked about a lot. A lot of times it's spoken of in a very disparaging way. You can see uh, a lot of jokes or angry comments on Reddit mocking people for their hygiene uh, 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 choices. And I think that underneath a lot of the animosity and underneath a lot of the humor going at the idea of magic players with bad hygiene is a truth, which is that a lot of people go to magic events, be it a GP or just Friday Night Magic, and they are not exercising basic hygiene. And they may not even know that they are a part of this uh, 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 group of people doing this bad habit. And I think it's a, a very important one to talk about though, because there's nothing more miserable than having to be at a local game store or a GP and seated next to or across from someone who just really, really has not been practicing even basic uh, hygiene that day or that several days. I mean, it's frustrating as a community as well because it's a, it's a recurring joke about Magic players that if you walk into a room, uh, a Magic tournament, the first thing you'll notice before you even realise it's a Magic tournament or the thing that tells you it's a Magic tournament is supposedly the smell. Um, I right. often defend Magic against my friends for that uh, don't play Magic and they joke this stuff to me because they all know I make videos about Magic online so they'll make these jokes to me. Um, and sometimes it isn't the case, but unfortunately sometimes I have been to events where, yeah, it's less less than... Less than ideal, because the, the, the rooms you play in tend to be quite small and warm, and you're packing in, like, you know, 32, 36 players, 40 players, all sat on benches or tables next to each other. It can get quite warm, and if your hygiene levels aren't the best, that's going to lead to some bad smells. I, I was apprehensive coming into this topic, by the way. Before we started the podcast, I said to Brian, um, can we talk about hygiene? Is this going to make some people feel bad? And that's not yeah, what we're and- to do here. There's definitely people who, I mean, everyone's got their own story and it's definitely a really terrible position to be in if you are someone who for various, there's a lot of of, of, of reasons that maybe you might feel like you're, you're targeted for factors you can't control. And that's all well and good. I want to talk about factors you can control. And the first one is showering. Um, not everybody showers every day or some people shower in the evening before bed. And there is a huge difference between maybe you woke up today and you didn't shower yesterday and you pull on a pair of jeans and a t-shirt and run a comb through your hair and you go out to the store, to the supermarket to, to buy some apples or, or what have you, or even run down to your local game store to pick up some cards or go over to your friend's house or whatever. And, and that, this is not necessarily a problem, but going into, as you just described, Vince, like Friday Night Magic, where there might be 22 people packed into a warm room and a room that's going to be warm because you got 22 bodies putting off heat. This has a habit of amplifying these aspects mm-hmm. of body odor. And you may, you, you don't usually smell your own body odor, even when it's strong, but other people do. And it is intensified by the conditions of a lot of uh, uh, game stores and GPs. I mean, that GP that we were at just last week was packed. How many people would you say were in that room? In the hall. It was 2,000, right? There was, there was 1, 2,000 people. Even, even when a human being smells good, they still smell something. They smell good, maybe, but they still smell. And to have 2,000 people putting off your body temperature and your odor, this is just as I said, an amplification thing. And so what you really should do is honestly, if you're going into Friday Night Magic, if you're going into pre-release, if you're going to a GP, regardless, try and make the effort to have showered prior to going in. And by shower, I mean like a full shower, use a bar of soap, put on a stick of deodorant, if nothing else, afterwards, and some clean clothes. And that's really a minimal amount of effort that can be done to ensure that at that point you are, are are not putting out this bad odor to, you know, make people around you miserable and to yeah. add to this very bad image of magic players. And it's, 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 a, it's a social contract in many ways as well, because it's not, this is something that doesn't necessarily affect you, because a lot of people won't realize if they've got any sort of body odor issue. Yes. Or so, like, it, because... It, it takes time for you to realise, like, even after a hard day's work or whatever, you know, slaving away at the editing desk of a content creator, but you'll, you'll be like, oh, I, I probably should shower because I don't smell so great. So those things don't always 
crop up to you. It's a social contract with other people. And also as our game gets bigger and the whole esports boom and like, you know, we, we have more and more eyes and magic becomes more and more visible. Uh, helping to get rid of the stigma that magic players apparently don't wash and things would help. I mean, the circle joke, the joke is still going to be there every sure. every pre-release. Reddit's going to have the posts of please use deodorant, please shower and stuff. Like we're not going right. to do those things now because they are just jokes in the community that we'll probably come to that a bit later about bad jokes and things. But um, yeah, try and improve the overall view of magic if you want to like stick around in these convention well and never mind even never even mind the view of magic never even mind like the courtesy and the social contract to other people just yourself and your own uh, self-worth and esteem i think is can be tied in many ways to the care that you take Mm, of of your body and i want to actually say a story about this when i was in high school so uh you guys might notice i like to uh let my hair grow long i'm not big on getting my hair cut uh i oftentimes have not shaved in a few days. And I, I'm I'm like that. I'm someone who doesn't believe, despite the suits, which are actually kind of my own form of rebellion against just everybody in the t-shirt and jeans, uh, uh, even though I'm wearing my t-shirt today for dyes to removal available <laughs> at the Tolarian Community College Student Store. Uh, but I, in high school, believed that things like showering and using soap when you showered was perhaps a social construct. And that this was not, I, I asked myself, well, do wild animals shower? Why do we in society, man, feel like we have to, we, it's shame. They want you to feel ashamed of yourself if you haven't showered, man. And so I was very light on showers. I would take them maybe every other day. And when I did for a while, I was not using soap uh, or shampoo or conditioner because I wanted to be natural. And I was like, I am free of this social construct. And one day I walked into a, a, a room where it was a meeting with my teacher and uh, the uh, vice principal of the school and, a, and maybe two other students for a club or some activity. And as the meeting was over, uh, I was walking out and a hand came on my shoulder and it was the vice principal. And she just kind of pulled me back and she said, one minute. She said, I'm going to tell you something that's going to upset you probably, embarrass you, and I need to tell it to you, though, which is that there is something you are doing in the course of your cleanliness that is not working. She said, I don't know if you're not showering. I don't know if you need to change soaps or use deodorant or change deodorants, but when you walk into a room, it is noticeable. There is something rank about you. And, and it is unpleasant and you need to be aware because people are going to think this of you as someone who smells. And I know that you don't want that to, to be how people identify you or think of you. And you are probably not aware of it. So I'm going to do the embarrassing thing and let you know. And I was glad she did because you know what I did? I started showering every day and using soap because no, I didn't want to stink up a room when I walked into it. And I realized, oh, well, whether wild animals shower or not, for whatever reason, we need to. And so, yeah, this has been an embarrassing sort of topic and we're going to move on right now. But I'm kind of, I'd like to think that Vince and I are, 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 are talking about number seven basic hygiene in a way similar to my vice principal talking to me to say to some people, you know, uh, uh, if you haven't brushed your teeth today, just brush your teeth before going into a pre-release on that day. Make sure you've brushed your teeth. You should be brushing your teeth every day, but brush your teeth. Taking a Tic Tac does not eliminate your bad breath. And if it's you minimal effort things too, right? Brushing your teeth and showering. Minimal, so minimal effort. effort. I mean, so, and if so you're minimal. like, well, I brush my teeth at night before bed and maybe I forgot last night, just say, hey, I'm going down. I'm going to be six hours at pre-release for, uh, you know, I'm doing two pre-releases back to back. I'm going to make sure to brush my teeth that morning. I'm going to make sure to shower that morning. Sometimes at pre-release, my local game store would hold a thing called the gauntlet, which was six pre-release events back to back. And they would encourage people to run the gauntlet for exponential prizes. And a lot of stores do things like this and people would sleep in their car because like there's a midnight pre-release and then there's a 10 a.m. pre-release. Midnight pre-release would be over at 4 or 5 a.m. And then it's like only four hours so that they just go in the parking lot and sleep in their car. And that's fine. Maybe if you say to yourself, I'm going to run the gauntlet, what you're going to do, though, is throw a new T-shirt, in the, a clean T-shirt in the back of your car. When you wake up after having slept for four hours in your car, you have added an odor to your clothing. It should be a gauntlet of gameplay, not a gauntlet of change. Odors, right? Yeah. 
Change, change your, change your shirt. Have a toothbrush in there. What, brush your teeth. Have a stick of deodorant. Put the deodorant on. Uh, uh, it's basic hygiene. And at the end of the day, if you're doing all that and there's still some issue, then you've done enough. Like I'm not saying like like it's your your total responsibility to just be the most perfectly perfect of persons, but basic hygiene really should be a priority for all of us attending a magic event. Enough said. I'm glad we, we covered that quite well. I'm, I'm glad because I was right. I was fearful going into that. Yeah, I felt I felt very. I, I definitely felt a little bit of uh, uh, being uncomfortable as I'm literally saying use a bar of soap in the shower. But then again, I for all my own intelligence, which I'd like to think I'm an intelligent guy, I'll admit that when I was in high school, I wanted to. I, I didn't think that soap applied to me in the shower. I thought I was being like a creature washing itself in a waterfall. I wanted to be a you know where where do the characters in Lord of the Rings don't use soap do they I, I honestly thought that and right. so i didn't and and but i don't want to smell like gimli you know yeah, yeah exactly so on the topic of uh the same memes and the same jokes coming up on reddit every single pre-release we're going to talk about magic players and their tendency to overkill jokes now this is a touchy one for me because my channel is basically comedy because i'm not good enough to teach people to play better um and i get that i have a lot of recurring jokes on with my channel as well um but i'm very uh, aware of the fact that I'm trying not to overkill some of those that like we have done with certain magic memes. Um, so the ones that jump to mind, I guess we'll gear up towards the, the, the worst offender in my opinion, are the things like pre-releases, please don't forget to shower, a meandering tower shell being a spoiler for every single season of magic. It was funny for the couple of seasons after Khans, but not, not so much anymore. I love um, that one. Personal, I love that do, one. Do you like that one? I do. I actually really wish they would just stick Meandering Tower Shell, not as part of a set, just in some packs randomly. I think that'd be hilarious. <laughs> I think that'd be great, because I guess that's, that's an evolution or growth to the joke, right? Yeah. It's the... I guess the, what I'm getting at is when the joke just stagnates, where it's just it just shows up on Reddit. I, I think, if I'm correct, the main subreddit now for this has a ban on meandering tower shell memes, I think. Is that true? Um, well, I think they have a ban on memes in general, but I'm pretty sure some of the subreddits ha have bans on meandering tower shell in specifically, huh. because it just became a thing that happened all the time. I could be wrong. Some of the comments actually tell me which subreddits, subreddits have it and which ones don't. But the main offender for me... The one that I've never really understood from the, the get-go is Stormcrow. I love Stormcrow. I don't think it's. I don't think it's funny. It's. It's not. It. it, it there's nothing to it. There's literally no substance to that joke. Even ironically, I struggle to enjoy it. Why? Why do you love? Do you love Stormcrow or do you love the Stormcrow joke? I love the Stormcrow jokes. I, I think they're funny. Um, I, I think what we're also getting at here, I just want to clarify, is we're talking about uh, overkill of jokes, where it gets to a point where it dominates communication. I, I think we all have that one friend who loves The Simpsons or another similar show so much, and all they can do is just kind of communicate to you in Simpsons references, and it gets really irritating. And one of the things with Magic players is that we have these inside jokes. And inside jokes are really funny because you have to be like your mom or your friend who doesn't play Magic isn't going to get this Stormcrow joke if they don't play magic. So it's such a great feeling to be at your pre-release or whatever and make a Stormcrow joke and 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 just yeah, say, or just say banding. I get people just coming up to me and saying, hey, you want to hear a funny joke? What's that? Banding. Yeah, and, and it just gets to a point where, okay, too, right? right. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they allow us to like um, form communities around them or... Or feel like we're included, and they are yes. like signifiers to say, "Look, and I that's am a great." Player, therefore, I know, and that's great. Sure. At a certain point, though, when that's all that you're offering, or I would actually say, when you start to take the jokes too seriously, then it starts to get a little out of control. And a really good example of that is uh, getting referring to uh, whatever the popular deck that is currently in a format is as as something as like people who play this are trash 
or garbage or, or, mm-hmm. or a horrible person. Like, so Tron is taking over and it's like, hey, you want to hear a joke? What? Tron players, you know, or, or, or a, a joke about, you know, I wouldn't save the life of a Tron player or something like that. And it starts to get too far. Like, and I love jokes like that. I'm, I'm a merfolk player. I'm a burn player. I, I love people making oh, jokes about the, burn. You play the dogs that people love to hate. This right? isn't about like not making. Yeah. And I, I, I enjoy, I love memes. I just posted a meme to my Twitter. I, I, I enjoy all of this stuff, but when it but, go, but gets when it too down, much. Yeah. When the conversation is hijacked or damaged by it. So for example, you post about the most powerful cards of magic and someone will start posting pictures of storm. Right. Or you'll be like, what 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 is up with a modern meta game at the moment? I can't seem to win with my favorite deck. How how can anyone help me? And everyone's like, "Well, why aren't you playing Tron?" Or or, or I would actually say I would actually say worse. Like like you you might make a post or say at your local game store is, uh, yeah, I'm really having trouble. Uh, I'm wondering if anybody has some advice with my deck. And it's like, what are you on? I'm on Tron. Oh well, my advice would be for you to throw your deck away and go rethink your life choices. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, and those things aren't helpful, and they don't. Yeah, and then it's like. Uh, okay, that's not, it's like, come on, you know, you're getting to this point where you're taking it uh, too much and you're not actually conversing with someone and the joke isn't appropriate to the conversation and, and it can, it can get a little out of hand. And I think the insider concept that you mentioned is, is a big part of it. I have a lot of social anxiety. I don't know how to communicate oftentimes with people and having a good joke is a, I love comedy. I love having a good joke. But you have to but it follow can it up to exclusion as well, though. Yep. Here's a weird example from a personal perspective: um, some joke come out of a misspelling of something on my Discord for my patrons on Tuesday, but I hadn't seen it because I was busy writing up and recording something. Mm-hmm. So when it came to my stream last night, was it Tuesday? Oh, the days don't matter. But I was streaming last night, and like five or six of them were saying this Beth thing, and I was like, I don't, I don't get it. And I, I felt excluded from my own like right. Discorded patrons going, I, I don't get it. So sometimes. Like, those jokes can be great for building a bond and building a relationship with other people in your community, but you've got to remember some people might not get it. Right. Some people might not be on Twitter regularly or on a certain Discord that you're on and stuff. So be a bit careful there as well, because people can be like... And then that, that'll lead them to hating the joke. Even the joke is genuinely funny in the first place, which Stormcrow isn't, by the way. I'm just going to just throw that in there. But even the joke is genuinely funny in the first place, they might get sick of it hearing the same joke all the time or, or things they just don't get. Right. Know? So don't, don't overuse my jokes on my channel before people have gotten into it, you know, because they might hate me already from hearing the, the comments from, from their friends and stuff. Well, this is a real... So yeah, it can be exclusory as well. This is a really good transition into number five, which is communication. Uh, I want to say specifically during gameplay. We were just talking about communication, perhaps not during gameplay among Magic players. But number five is communication during gameplay. And there's several aspects to this. And I want to start with just communicate during gameplay. The most annoying habit, this this for me might be on top of my list, is when I sit down to play against an opponent who just sits down, doesn't say anything to me, doesn't even like, I, I look at the pairing sheet, I sit down, they don't even say hello, they're, they're just shuffling their deck, no comment, yeah. and we're into the game with without any sort of communication. They'll drop a land, maybe they'll go like this, to indicate past the turn, although sometimes they don't even do that. That at least is communication. Making a hand gesture is at least communication, and I'm oftentimes sitting across from a silent opponent saying, are you done with your turn? I might play a a spell, and and they'll take their card and they'll just kind of like, you know, it's a counter spell, and they'll just kind of wave it in my general direction. I'm like, what what are you doing? What card is that? It it, it reeks of a lack of respect. I I think you were going to talk in a moment about how it's emulating potentially, like, uh, what people perceive to be professional magic. I think that's what it is. I think that people watch LSV playing, you know, Reed Duke, and these guys are going, like, completely silent communication, going down. They know their decks. They know what's going on. Sure. Because I think they talk more at the GP at the pro tour level than we hear we can't hear sometimes when it's not mic right. exactly so people perceive it to be more quiet than it actually is right and when you get the mics when you finally get the mics and you hear like in between banter or you hear like other professional players uh, are courteous towards other players I, who was it recently who cliqued someone and they went to reveal their hand mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, no, 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 I'm cliquing me. Like, there's communication going on there that you shouldn't hear about the mic. Well, yeah, that, and that's a really good example. Like, like just because uh, 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 it it's usually that someone is going to 
cast Vendillion Click on, on their opponent, you're not always doing that. So you should announce what you're doing when you cast that card. One of my pet peeves is modal cards like a Boros Charm, and maybe in that situation, what they're choosing with the Boros Charm or the, the Azurius Charm is so obvious, but there's lots of options on that. So somebody I'll be playing and they'll be like, Azurius Charm. I'll be like, okay, doing what? Like you get a choice there. And, and and even if well only one of those is the valid choice, let me know what your, that choice is because maybe maybe there's another choice in this exactly. situation. But it could lead to like angle shooting and sportsmanlike conduct as well. The, the clique example, mm -hmm. the famous thing is that if you're cliquing yourself, you can pause for a moment, let them reveal their hand, and then say no me. Right. But I know for a fact I've seen conversations in a judge group recently where people were saying actually if you're doing that and it happens like more than once, especially. They're gonna perceive that as unsportsmanlike conduct, which is like a game rule violation. Right. But beyond actual like rules and ramifications, like there's an element of respect where you communicate with your opponents. There are some players that I've played with at bigger tournaments in the UK where they just don't talk much, and it might even be from a place of uh, social anxiety, sure. perhaps, but they want to protect themselves. And that is fine. I get that some people will be like that. But what you've got to remember is you are going into a social area. And again, kind of like the hygiene thing, there's a bit of a contract there where you're going to treat some people with some respect that you would like from them as well. So you need to communicate. You need to communicate clearly as well. And communicating clearly is a, a social contract, but also part of the game. Because you yeah. can get uh, rules violations for, for being unclear with your board state, unclear with what they're doing, and and um, an angle shooting as well. And in terms of respect along the lines of communication, uh, there's uh, uh, another bad habit of this. We're still in miscommunication, but that is if you're sitting down and maybe you have some friends at the LGS or GP that are seated near you and you sit down against your opponent who you don't know and you completely ignore them but proceed to play and then while you're playing, talk with your friends or in between rounds. Like I, It's so... Rude. Never mind whether or not it crosses into a line where you I can think, call a judge. I think I'm personally slightly F and M level at least. Yeah. Um. Uh. Responsible for. Uh, not responsible. Sorry. Guilty of this. And it happens at GPs and the casual side events as well. I've done it. Where especially since the channel got bigger and things, people will come over and ask me how I'm doing, or tap me on the shoulder, or give me something. And and I I've become more and more aware that I don't want to make my opponent feel uneasy. That there's people around them that know me, or people might be stood behind them watching the game that. Know me yeah so I, I used to be quite bad and an fnm's are bad because you can leave people out i used to be a regular at my fnm i knew most of the people there so the new player would come along and i'd laugh and joke about something that happened last week and again it's like exclusion in some ways right so, right you've got to be very careful with, with chatting to people outside your game and also don't do it at high comp rels and also no. don't talk about the game itself do not do no that. no 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 no. Do once not, you're talking about the yeah. game like obviously but like i just mean yeah, something like i'm at friday night magic and I sit down and my opponent is seated across from me and my opponent's friend is seated next to me. And the two of them are just like, oh, you know, in, you know, uh, you going out tonight? Uh, uh, no, how about this? Uh, remember to, and there's just talking and I'm like, all right, pass. Lightning bolt you for three. And, and it's like, uh-huh, 17. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, Fred, you know, let's let's go do this. And it it's very, very rude, distracting. I, I, mean, I one time sat down across from an opponent who had started up a commander game or something before the event and was just finishing it and called me over and wanted to play out the commander game as he was playing me. And I had I had to say after a, a few like where I was like land pass and he's looking at his opponent and 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 stuff I had to say you know what man are you playing this game or not it's it's very distracting and and not very fair to me and I paid an entry fee and it, this wasn't like a big event and and the guy was absolutely and he said oh yeah yeah absolutely but I felt like a real you know schmuck for for having to to do that and you shouldn't be putting your opponent in that position uh oh for the love of god do not sit down at your lgs and on your phone play music and put that down because you want to listen to some tunes uh, uh i think it's bad putting on headphones i don't know what the official rule is about wearing headphones while you're playing i mean i'm assuming i'm assuming at casual rbl it's okay sure still it's still, very rude yeah. but it's worse it's, it's worse good. when you're then playing the music off of your phone I think anyone okay, oh. here, here's a tangent here, but playing music off your phone in a public space is just wrong. Yes. Don't do it. 
Like, regardless of magic and games being played, don't play your own music loudly in a public space. That's just not okay. Don't do that. Don't do yes. that. Also, if you are going to talk to your friends because they've asked you if you're going for a beer afterwards or going to get some food or something and you do respond to them, this is a really... It's, I feel like I'm saying something very obvious here. So I apologise to everyone in the comments who just sees this an obvious thing. But just turn to your opponent and say, oh, sorry about that. And just apologise. That makes a big difference. Grace. Well, I like to think of it a, like a, the, cone, the cone of silence or isolation comes down over you and your opponent. It's like, let the match begin. And I love talking to my opponent. In fact, I will actually offer up in terms of communication, I am guilty of chit-chat during gameplay. I have such a great time. Oh, I wonder if that's some people's pet peeves. Though, it might I'm be. Very, so I bring that noticed, up. I'm very talkative as well. Oh, so yeah. I will, I will laugh and I will joke and I will reference things in our game. And I'll you know, say stuff like you, you start playing around. and I literally go, oh god, I love the art on, on like you, you chose, you know, to use this basic land art or this promo art. And I'll be like, oh, I love the art on that. I met Rebecca Gay one time uh, uh unfortunately she wasn't selling any print and i'll be like this i'll say like you know uh, are, have, you, have you come down to the shop a lot i love to chit chat and and sometimes it's like think, hey man uh, yeah, i'm trying I, to I concentrate on a, the game so i'm yeah, guilty it's been of that detriment to my own game i think i don't concentrate enough sometimes sure right detriment to your own game but i have here's an anecdote, a very short anecdote i have personally before when i'm playing against players who are definitely like in the tank and they're they're focusing very hard but they're not they're not communicating almost at all the conversation we just previously had I will purposefully communicate more mm -hmm. to try and draw it out of them and to play my own game of actually you know what I, I can talk I can talk. oh the art on this is lovely they won't say anything they just look at me yes because you get a few of the players that are doing it on purpose the ones that are doing it to to yeah to be a bit obtuse but yeah so maybe okay. I do that maybe it's so move us into the next bad habit here while I just go I'm, ahead I'm and gonna, let me no, know I was gonna I was gonna flip around but we'll go we'll go to this one we'll go to this one okay do you want so card flicking. It is the oldest, the oldest running joke in Magic, other than perhaps Stormcrow, the oldest bad habit of Magic. There are Magic cards in the unsets that explicitly reference this thing. You flick them like that, do I have a cards in hand? You flick them around in your hand. But I am, I am guilty of this. I'm guilty of like... Can you hear that on the mic? Yeah, yeah oh, I can I'm hear that on the mic. Cards. Like, when I'm like drafting, I will flip the cards around... It, I personally feel, so I'm going to defend it a little bit, then we'll talk about why it's annoying. I personally feel like it allows me to concentrate, it gives me something to do. The sound is really satisfying, right? No, it's not really satisfying, it's irritating. And here. Okay, do you snap cards down when you play EDH? I don't make noise, no, I don't make noise. I, I, I'm respectful of my opponents, Vince. I don't make noise. It's not disrespect, I want to snap my cards down. Mm, well. Down. The issue with fl flicking is that it literally is one of those things, too, that people have spread this idea that by doing it, you are distracting your opponent, and this is something you want to do to, to improve your chances of winning. And if that's what you need to do to win, I mean, reevaluate your nonsense. life choices. I, I, I'm going to... So I've seen this before. I've seen people saying that this is designed to tilt people. I think I saw it on like an, um, a forum. When I was it tilts me. It, it tilts me. But, I can't but, stand it. But if it was designed to tilt people, how come the majority of Magic players do it? Are you just no, no, because what you want to do... Focus? Now, listen, if you want to talk to me about I draw a card and I want to keep my opponent from noticing that, like, I've been holding this dead card or something like that, watch this. I can move the order of cards around yeah, without sure. you knowing a, about a, it. Just That's fine. a legitimate thing to do. You should do that because then it shows... It helps to distract... Or not distract, but it helps to... Uh, not show focus on a particular card in your hand. It's right. It's about removing some details from, from... Literally, the like 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 when you're going in and you're doing your Brian Kibler impression uh, uh, of, of... Yeah, it's just... It's it's not cool. It's irritating. And it's not really giving you I an advantage in cool. gameplay. I'm sorry, Brian. Yeah. I think, well, you suggest... You literally cool. nominated this topic as annoying habit. Yes, I know it. And I, know, I know people moan about it. All right, it, stop it doing it. You're annoying me already. You are annoying me already. Put the cards down. It's, 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 I don't care what they are. It's freaking annoying, dude. <laughs> but, but I think people... I know a lot of people who complain about it who actually do it anyway. Like, I think there are people out there that complain this is a thing that magic players shouldn't do and do it anyway. Right. Do you not do any sort of hand shuffling at all? No, I don't care. I, I don't care. I, I I don't believe. Here's the thing. I want. I I don't believe my opponent is actually paying attention to whether or not I've played this card that I drew two turns ago or not. I don't believe that that they have that level of concentration. That if I've got four cards in hand, they they're like, ooh, that card right there. 
he he's had that for three turns. Uh, I I you know what I do is I kind of go like this, and yeah, and sure, just and this, and it's like you don't know what order. I, I think there's far too much fear put in this idea that I'm giving away some kind of information based on them knowing whether or not I'm played the card I just drew or not. I don't care. I draw the, I, I, I'm looking at all times. I don't give a damn if they've got a creature that I need to remove and, and it's been out for two turns and then I draw a card and I'm like, Oh, it's doom blade. And I go, I remove it. Uh, and they're like, Oh, good thing you drew it. I'm like, yeah, good thing I drew it. Like, like if I, I take Actually, the doom no, blade you do that on purpose. Cause you, you want them to know the top deck yeah. is the removal spell. That tilts them more than the flicking Brian. I don't know. Yeah. I, I see your just, game there. I see your game. I, I, I think that again, being aware of of your opponent and not actually looking to cause them misery is the thing. It has nothing to do with changing card order. It has nothing to do with keeping information private. What about Those the fact that things. I find it satisfying and helpful in terms of contract? I, I, sure. What I'm thinking, I also I, I flick the bottom of my cards a little bit as well sometimes. Okay, but like like let me ask you this then. Let's say. Mm -hmm. Like, sure, I understand that. Like, you know what I do sometimes is I, I shake my leg, is I often have a nervous oh, I'm doing leg. That right now. Yeah. I need to stop doing I, this. I do that a lot. I've, I've had sometimes people say to me, is, do you feel an earthquake? You know, because I'm literally, I might, I might be shaking my right leg up and down yeah. a lot. I, I, I've I, got I, that. I, I borderline damaged some content that I made. I'd filmed Paper Legacy of my friend John, and during the footage, the camera was shaking. I had to try and stabilize it because my right leg was shaking enough near the tripod. Sure. So I'm trying to get out of that habit, but I do that too. So, but I don't think that if, if like, let's say that what I wanted to do was, hey, this is me burning energy, dude. Would you no, say it's okay? No, Would you no, say it's no, okay no, for no. me to sit that down is, and up is, and down? There is a line, Brian. Where's the line? line Where's right? I think the line on, on is you're making line, noise. You're making repetitive noise. No, card flicking is on one side of that line. Playing the bongos is on the other side of that line. What Brian. about... Um, Sitting here. What you turn into like a jazz musician? You start I, I'm the like, son of a jazz musician, so I got a little bit of it in me. Uh, but no, yeah. there is a line, and I think like visibly like making music with the stuff around you. But that's what you're doing with the, the cards. A little bit. No, it's a little bit of cards. Well, then, thank you, there. thank you so much. I just really want to thank you, Vince, for nominating a topic for uh, uh, annoying habits of magic players that you okay. then spent the entire just... time refuting and saying is okay. No, no, great no, no, I'm not it's job. Not but it's definitely, we would be disingenuous not to include it on this list because people always mention it as an annoying habit. But I believe magic players are hypocrites a lot of the time. <laughs> they do it anyway. Great. Um, I've got another one I want to add into here that I just thought of that I think is quite quite interesting. Do you, what, is it annoying habits for some players when players play white-bordered lands or mismatching arts? I'd say it's an annoying habit for you to, you to get upset about your opponent artwork I, I i really find that stuff yes. irritating as hell like uh if i, I want to play I, I played my first magic set was revised which was white border and i think of the revised basic lands uh including the white border as being very nostalgic for me and if i want to have a deck where i've got the pink uh 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 mark pool island with a white border because it reminds me of high school shut up Nobody asked you then. If you don't like it, nobody asked you. And this idea of like, there's magic, there's magic perfection. The idea of perfection. This is the, you know, like, like that's baloney. Play what you love and be happy. And, and, and I actually really like that, uh, autumn one with that mismatched yes. island. I, I want to start doing that with all my decks because I am so sick of the elitism and the snobbery of, of this idea. This is why I wear a suit and tie is because I hate elitism and snobbery. And it's like, oh no, you want to wear a t-shirt and jeans. Screw that. I hate conformity. And, and I hate the idea of conforming to other people's expectations of how I should look or, or what have you. And, and so exactly. I agree. if it and makes I, me I, happy, well, that, that, then it makes me happy. That, that is an aesthetic choice in itself. Like the, the, people always talk about, like, oh, but it's it's visually satisfying to have the same arts. Sometimes, especially depending on the deck I'm playing, when I'm playing Nick Fit and Legacy, I will purposely play horribly mismatching lands because it just feels on theme and it feels like the aesthetic of the deck should be like What if that. I want so all the different arts? What if I want all the different arts yeah, of, exactly. of Island from Lorwyn? Files. Yeah. I have mismatching files on Modo and I had someone comment the other day saying, you're sponsored now, Vince. Why won't you match them? Because that is how I started playing with Vile and yeah. I won't change it for the world. Well, well, and and whatever. Oh, what if I want to have like different different 
like uh, lands by the same artist, but they're from different sets. And I just happen to like this artist's, you know, uh, uh, lands. I want to play as many different art you styles fill an of art them. Gallery yeah, with five versions of the same art piece. Would you? That's a really, so that's a really great point. Um, this is one that Brian added to the list, and I didn't quite get until we talked about it a bit more. It's the idea of coming to an event unprepared to present or even play magic to an extent. Uh, the, the, the first example of this is when you've got a deck that you know is going to produce a lot of tokens, right. and different, different tokens too, and you just don't bring enough. Your, your deck makes clues, it makes bees, it makes beasts, and it makes humans, and you're just there with like just, just a handful of dice and some turned over magic cards at best. So it's the idea that you are rocking up and you haven't took the time and effort just to, just to get the right things to present the right board state. There's a huge difference between you're in draft and you draft a, a card that makes three goblin tokens and you didn't have three goblin tokens. Yes. And so you're using, you know, uh, some dice. That's fine. But if you're coming into a standard or modern event and your deck makes, first of all, I'd say makes just any type of tokens, you yeah. should have those tokens in the deck, but especially if your deck makes 1-1 one, one soldier tokens, 1-1 one, one flying bird tokens, uh, uh, and 2-2 two, two, you know, centaur tokens or whatever, that is definitely something where you have to get the tokens, you have to get enough of them and keep them with you in the same way that you would keep all the cards of your deck together. So how do you feel about... So I often, I don't necessarily have the exact tokens, but I have things that are visibly distinct. So I often have like um, Japanese Pokemon cards, for example. I've got like a Pikachu and I've got some golems. And the Pikachu will be a germ and the golems can be golems, for example, in D&T. Is that okay in your books or would that bug you? I, it's, it's pushing it a little bit. So here's what I say. I think that, and people who, who have like, like, maybe you have a deck that makes goblin tokens. That's all it does is it makes goblin tokens and it makes a buttload of goblin tokens. So what did you do? You got a whole bunch of those Chessex D6s and you put out the Chessex D6s. I am okay with this as long as it doesn't also make other tokens that you're then using the dice to represent. That gets like very confusing. I think yes. dice for tokens is Tough to know when it's tapped, isn't it? It's exactly. tough to know when creatures are tapped or summoning sick. And also if anything makes counters, right? if you've got like like a chalice with a counter on it, or or heaven forbid, something like a containment priest or something like that names a number where you don't actually have the dice on it, it's got to be to the side, or anything like that, then dice just becomes a mess. So I believe you need to have something that is card-shaped and distinct right. from other tokens on the field. So uh, especially, yeah. And and it gets really hard. It's like, okay, I've got six 1-1 one, one goblins, and I've had an opponent take a d6 and turn it to six. And they're like, this is six 1-1 one, one goblins, I attack you with three of them. And then they, it's like, well, what the F, dude? Come on. It, it gets a little, and, and that's not even as bad as someone digging around and they've got a ketchup packet, a penny, you know, and, and the, just the only get time, the tokens. The only time I will have a dice, personally, right. is Storm. So if they're going to empty the Warrens for like 18 goblins and they put a D20 or a life count under on 18, I'm like, okay. Because we're either going to kill those goblins and win, or they're going to kill me and I'm going to die. It's not going to matter in a couple of turns. That's the only time I'll let it slide. Otherwise, I believe yeah. firmly you need something to represent creatures that tap and untap, or at least have one under each if of the If you want to get RK Post tokens or Steve Argyle tokens or Pokemon cards or something like that, that's Thinking okay customs. enough if each one's different and it can represent the creature and I can keep it in my head. But you need to communicate board state clearly, and this same concept goes for things such as you need to have a means of keeping track of your life. And I believe that at this point, if oh, you're yes. playing even in Friday Night Magic, you, you need to have a life pad. Uh, uh, I really don't like people who sit down with pennies, nickels, and dimes. That is really irritating. I don't know if anybody in in, in uh, the UK does this with currency, but I hate people no, who I've sit down. Well, so so people sit down with like pennies, nickels, and dimes, and they use it as a means of keeping track of the life total. And it's really I irritating. I don't even know what a nickel unclear. is. And I was in the states for two weeks, and I still don't know wow. what a nickel is. Is that wow. is that five? Was dime? Dime is five. I, I, I guess, I guess, no, a dime is not five. This explains what? why when I asked you if you wanted to learn about uh, U.S. currency, I thought it was so harsh of you to tell me you didn't give a damn, but what you were trying to say is, is you didn't give a dime. Uh, yes, exactly. No, 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 a could, dime you... is ten. A dime is ten. Ten cents. Why not just call it ten P or ten pence or ten cents? Ten P? Yes, well, we have pence, you have cents, so just call it the number. It's a dime. Do you have, do you have a, a coin? Do you have a coin that represents 10p? 
Yeah, it's called a ten pence piece. Oh, uh, well, we call it a dime, and we call a We've nickel got one pence, for five two cents. pence, five pence, ten All pence, right. twenty pence. Anyway, so when anyway. anyway, the point is, when you go in to play Magic, be prepared to play Magic. Know your deck. If you've got a damn deck that makes tokens, get those tokens with you in the deck, bring it all together, have a life pad, have a pen, anything else that you need for playing that game, be prepared to play magic. And I'm guilty of this sometimes myself too, especially with the tokens, and I will make a better effort to have the tokens I need, so you should as well. I think tokens as well. Here's, here's, here's a, another like sort of like extra... Oh, well, two things I want to add to that. Firstly, going back to the live total thing, um, just as a, like a, a tip to new starters or people who are relatively fresh to magic who are watching this and probably terrified by the elitist content creators telling them what they can and can't do at events, but um, having a live tract on a pad over dice is much better. So if there's a discrepancy between the two of you, you can talk through the changes and sort of see what's going on. Also, if there's a discrepancy and your opponent's recording on paper and you're recording on dice, a judge is called, the judge is going to side with the paper because they can see the progress. So that, that's just like a tip there. Also, um, all it takes is just one hand uh, lightly one brushing exactly. over see, those, I, I, those I, I, spin I love, downs. I love having two D, uh, four D6s on five each to represent my life and move up and down. It's very, I enjoy it as a tactile experience, but it's just awful for keeping track because yeah. one knock at the table one jolted leg Boom. of my shaking leg and it's gone right. but tokens are the place that you can customise I've been talking about this custom tokens I'm holding on to they're the place that I feel that you can again add sort of uh, like uh, your own mark on the game so I play like I said with my Japanese foil Mario Pikachu tokens in Legacy and things like that to represent germs and things I think it's a good place to oh you were yawning I thought you were just putting a face that you hated the idea of these Japanese foil Pikachus but I think it's a place that you can customise your game a bit more and I think that's something that's really fun about Magic I like the idea of having play mats and sleeves and custom yeah. tokens and altars and sign cards and stuff so revel in the fact get yourself some nice arcade post tokens that's absolutely it's a cool part of the game. Okay. So we're into the big two here. These are now our top two annoying habits of Magic the Gathering players. And coming in at number two is being a bad winner. Oh, what what yeah. what do we mean by being a bad winner, Vince? So it's when you have won. Uh, you might even see that your opponent is perhaps even a little bit distressed at losing because the game mattered for some reason. Top eights mm -hmm. and that sort of stuff. Right. And you just are not a gracious winner. The worst cases are the most extremes that you don't really see very often, like people who are gloating and boastful or make some off-the-cuff comment like, well, you know, of course I was going to win or whatever. Those people do exist, but they're a bit rarer. The most common thing I find is people that make a comment they think is helpful. So I call this the, uh, and I had all these moments. Mm -hmm. So you've lost a game, they had a removal spell for your last creature, and you're like, oh, that's a shame you had the removal. And you scoop it up, and you might look a bit annoyed. And I, I, I can be a bad loser, which we'll come to in a moment. But, um, and then they go, oh, it doesn't matter anyway, I had all these. They've got like three more Doom Blades in hand. And you're just like, well, that's not making me feel any better. Right. I mean, from, from their perspective, they might even be trying to help, but it doesn't help. Sometimes you probably have to leave people to just you know, gather themselves. Because magic, when you lose, sometimes it can be real bad beats. Sure. So yeah, th that's what I think of bad winners, is the ones that they're trying to help, they've got all the cards in hand, or they just mention, oh, well, the matchup's bad for you anyway. I'm like, sure, but you still try and win, yeah. right? Well, and they don't, that's even putting it politely, like, well, that's a tough matchup. Like, I've had, like, maybe I'm on... Oh, your uh, deck isn't very good. That sort of comment, right? Well, yeah, sure. Okay, I'm on Merfolk, and you're playing uh, a Dredge, <laughs> which we need to do. <laughs> <laughs> and and you beat me, and you say, and you might say something. I've actually had people make comments uh, uh, similar to this, not just with Merfolk, but they might be talking of the matchup, and they might say something along the lines of like, "Oh, well, Merfolk's never going to beat Dredge," and and that's just kind of maybe you're you're meaning to say, maybe you're meaning to say, "Hey, it wasn't like you were playing bad; it's a bad matchup." But what you're really saying is like you would never be able to win, and and that's yes. not true, and 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 it doesn't feel good. Uh, uh, how can you be a gracious winner what's what's the right thing to do so i just beat you at a game how should i behave vince what should i do to you i think you need to be just very much aware of your opponent and try and read the room so for example one of the things that i love to do after winning or losing sometimes is discuss what's happened and how the magic has went because as we said at the beginning of the podcast this episode you said magic's about learning from the experience right right but sometimes, if your opponent has lost and they look visibly tilted, right. asking them how they feel about the matchup or what decisions you did wrong or they did wrong Leave is them not alone. the thing to do. Exactly. So it's, it's about reading your opponent. And some people might struggle with that genuinely. So yeah. we understand that some people may not have that ability or those skills to do that. We're just saying perhaps be aware of that. 
and perhaps sometimes just give them some space and allow them, if they if they're the loser, allow them to come forward with questions and discussions. Yeah, that's and that's a very good point. Like, don't offer like to tell them what they did wrong or what they could have done better. And that's good stuff. I like to hear that. And 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 I might ask that, especially if I'm on a new deck. Like, let's say I put together a deck I'm, I'm not too familiar with, and I'm down at my LGS where I might know the opponent and uh, at least casually. And I might, when I'm done, maybe I know this opponent is a big time legacy player, and and so I might say, oh wow, do you think I did any misplays? I might say, do you think I did any misplays? Uh, or what I often do is I take out what I sideboarded. And I say, mm -hmm. this is what I sideboarded in, but I volunteer it. And I say, this yeah. is what I sideboarded in against you. Do you think that was a good choice? And and oh, yeah. so I, am, but I am initiating that as the loser, as a winner. What I do is I try and be gracious. I, 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 I might say, thank you for the game. Uh, uh, good luck on your next match. And beyond that, I need to let the loser dictate if this is going to be a thank you and they need to walk away for a minute because they're upset or they don't want to talk about it, they're feeling upset, uh, or they do. I lose and I want to talk. I actually feel more comfortable losing than yeah, winning. Yeah, <laughs> I'm more used to losing. I feel I feel awkward when I win. I feel like, ooh, sorry, I didn't mean to do that. You so, know, like I said earlier, the, the 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 whole this is a bad matchup thing. I guess I, I think I phrased that incorrectly because sometimes that can be quite quite a good consolidation. I think it's whether or not it's right at that point in time. Because someone's just lost and they're feeling real bad, some things aren't going to help. So so again, right. read the room and sometimes being like, do you want to talk about it? Like, yeah, but it's a bad matchup, and they might go, yeah. Right. Right, and then you right. get the, the dialogue. It's all about just trying to read the signs and, and going from there, I guess. That's, right. that's not the most helpful answer, but I definitely think it's the correct one. And that brings us into the number one most annoying habit of Magic the Gathering players. And I'm going to say this is more uh, annoying and more of a bad habit than being a bad winner. And I'm going to say it's being a bad loser. I think that out of everything on this list, being a bad loser is probably the worst habit you can have as a Magic the Gathering player. It is no fun. It really kills the game for a lot of people. Uh, and it's something that it's okay to be upset after a game. A lot of people have issues with going on tilt or, or having an emotional response. Maybe it was like you needed to qualify for a top eight. Maybe it was just that you feel like you're no good and, and you're overwhelmed with feelings of, of failure and, and, and anger at yourself. And that's all well and good, but you don't need to take it out on your opponent who is just there to play magic and, and is, is not necessarily uh, 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 someone who should be made to feel bad just because you lost. Mm -hmm. And so what are some of the habits uh, you would say of being a bad loser? Yes. I think it's um, the blame game. Like, uh, uh. a lot of Magic players... So so there's two things I want to say about this. The first thing is the blame game. So people will often look for reasons to why they're lost, and sometimes that's the correct thing to do. You want to find the points in the decision tree that you made mistakes. But sometimes, and I can be quite prone to this, is just writing it off to a bad luck, bad top decks and stuff. And sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes you can disconnect from the loss and be like, well, there's not a lot I could do. That's fine. But sometimes you dwell on those things. But like, oh, magic's a game of variance. Oh, maybe I should give it up. Is it ever going to cut me a break? Those sort of things. So I guess it comes from your own mental state and how you deal with those um, the bad beats that variance will bring to you. Because magic is a game of variance. And yes. that brings me to my second point, where I think because it's a competitive game, and, and this depends upon what level of magic you're at. If you're at kitchen table magic, it might be very different, but towards the competitive side of things, I think people put a lot of their own self-worth on their winning. And right. magic is really, really hard. It's an infinitely complex game. It's like it's like chess, but with a variance of poker with a thousand, oh, 16,000 more pieces than chess. It's so complicated. You're not going to master every deck and every combination. But on top of that, if... if your enjoyment of magic is solely based upon the winning element of magic, then you're going to be disappointed because even the best players only win marginally over 50% of the time, 60% of the time. LSV, who... Louis Scott Vargas is probably one of the greatest players, if not the greatest player of magic in the world. And he's still mold to four and lost in the finals of a pro tour. Even because the pros scrub out. Yeah. Even the pros scrub out. So if you're going to go and say, well, uh, it's, un -okay, it's unacceptable for me to lose a game of magic, I can't handle that I've lost a game of magic. And then you are also gonna say, well, LSV scrubs out at events and loses magic, then what are you better than LSV? I mean, LSV, when he loses, do you know what he does? Is he asks himself what he could have done better. And if it was purely variance, then he doesn't blame himself. 
And exactly. that's exactly. what we want to try and adopt. But uh, I'll tell you a story. One time I was playing against uh, one of the best players at my local game store, and this is when I was still new or returning to the game, and I two-owed him with a draft deck. And I was so happy because I was really, really had been struggling to get better and I'd been trying to get better. And there I just, I just two-owed one of the best players at our, our store. And I said, yeah, right. And I said, good game. And you know what he said? Well, it wasn't a very, and he said, like, he goes, wasn't a very good game for me. Just sat there and got <laughs> stomped. And I, and, and so what I said uh, was I said, oh yeah, uh, that, that's, must not be fun for me. I just, you know, uh, uh, I really almost never win at draft and I've, I've been working really hard to, you know, get better. And I was really excited to come down to pre-release, saved up for it and, and came in here and, uh, 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 got to go up against a really cool player like yourself. And, and I won, so I was proud of myself, but yeah. And then he, he I, I did a little, I was a little passive aggressive and then he was just like, yeah, 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 good game, good game. But you know, don't, don't take away someone else's is, thunder yeah. like that oh, yeah. don't don't sit don't sit there and 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 when when you do get too owed say well whatever would be nice if i could draw a land huh then i could actually maybe beat you uh, oh must be nice to have the luck of the gods you know must be nice to top deck like that you know how's it feel uh, to and, not get mana screwed and, and, and it's like you know that's not my what? fault like what's your goal at this point to make me feel bad i mean yeah but that is that's the defense mechanism though is to make you feel bad, right? And the thing is, I've never I never consciously try to make my opponent feel bad or belittle, but sometimes I can have that tilt on the variant side of things, and I have to take some time at least you know five minutes to be like Vince, don't forget this is magic and it, the things I've just said. So even I can be prone sometimes, even this is the worst one on our list, to being like a, a not a sore loser perhaps, but being a bit of a miserable toe rag. So. My point I'm making there is that we can all improve. We can all improve yes. in some way, which is kind of the whole point of this podcast, right? Yeah. Like, I'm sure one of these seven things probably applies to someone watching this podcast, right? They're going to be the guy in the group chat who always sends the Stormcrow memes, or they're going to be the guy who is a sore loser. Right. Definitely, I definitely apply to one or two of these things. And or you're going to be the guy stuff. that maybe needs to shower before an event. Uh, you can react to you can react to some of these bad habits that we've spoken about defensively and aggressively and dig your heels in, or you can do what a magic player should do, which is look at yourself, look at your actions and ask yourself if there's a way you can be better. And I think this that you're absolutely right. Out of these seven things we discussed, I would be shocked if there's anybody listening who all seven do not apply to. And if so, awesome. Awesome. But at least one of these things has to apply to you, even if it's just that you're not bringing tokens down to the, the event. Uh, try and, just as you would in a game of magic, look at what you're doing and how you can improve. And you don't need to take it personally. And there's reasons for everything. It sucks to lose. Vince is saying he can, you know, go on tilt at losing sometimes, but there's no need to take another person down with you on that. That's very unfair to them. Yeah, Somebody who's paid for an event is out there to have fun, uh, is maybe proud of themselves and as they should be, you know, for what just happened. And you don't need to go and rain on their parade. If you are feeling emotionally affected by it, take a minute. I'd, I'd say, here's what I, I, I'm going to offer in closing, what I think you should do when you lose. And then you tell me what you think sure. you should do when you sure. lose, if you think it's different. When I lose, I always offer always offer good game right away too because uh, so you, you've got me dead on board and I go hey good game I'm a handshaker I do like to say hey good game uh uh it, it, I don't offer a handshake if I won I will always accept it if I won but if I'm a loser I always say hey good game I say good luck on your next match and if I don't have anything to say sometimes maybe my opponent was annoying me I even do that if they were pissing me off with their behavior like miscommunication I say that then I get up and I leave if if I don't have anything else to say I get up and I yeah. leave or I sit and chat and make a new friend but that's what I do uh, uh when I lose what do you think a, a loser should no, do No I think that's, a, that's an idea yeah. really like I I think I'm very similar, and I think that's probably the ideal way to be. I think even if you're not happy that the game went, and you're like, well, you know, you, you generally do believe that the game went your badly your way because of the variance and things, you can still say, like, 
like good luck with your next round. Nice to meet you. You can still present right. pleasantries to another fellow magic player. Unless they were sat there with their headphones in, didn't bring any tokens, didn't have a pen with them, and they smelt like a like a like a garden shed. Then in which case maybe you didn't enjoy meeting them. But even then sometimes just offer the civility anyway to make the community a nicer place. And if you do encounter anybody behaving badly, uh, I do like to give the benefit of the doubt. I like to say, you know what? Maybe this dude uh, uh, or dudette had a bad day. Maybe this person has been having a bad week. Maybe they've just had something bad happen in their life, uh, uh, and that's why they wanted to put the headphones on. I am going to try not to obsess over it. I'm not going to go after them and attack them. This is not about going after someone else and saying how they should be better. It's about looking in the mirror and asking if you can be better. And if all of us are willing to look in the mirror and ask how we can be better, even in little ways, like bringing tokens for our deck that makes tokens, I think bit by bit, we'll make this not only a better game, but a little bit of a better world. And so uh, with that, we conclude another episode of Dies to Removal. Vince, I, I hear you. Next, next week, we can do the top seven things that the professor does that annoys Vince. Right, right. <laughs> such as such as saying, I hear you just started a YouTube channel. Where I is it and how can we find channel. you? That's a, that's a great idea for me to promote that. Uh, it's it's youtube.com forward slash pleasant Kenobi. I'm also at twitch.tv forward slash pleasant Kenobi. I stream uh, two to three times a week and I make videos like, I don't know, three or four times a week. I put a big gameplay video each week, which is the one I'm normally proud of, where I play Modern, Legacy, Commander, sometimes Standard Limited. We need to schedule um, the Merfolk versus Dredge we match. We do, we do. We gotta the do that, so stay tuned. The Cleveland and yeah. LA that asked about that, Brian. We'll, let's do it in the next week. Like, find a time and tell me. I'm pretty yeah, wide sure. open. All right, well, thank you all for joining us for another Dice to Removal, and I shall see you in fewer than four weeks next time. <laughs>